The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And belly on up to the nine foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. This is my basement. This is also the EP podcast. You can hear the EP podcast. You're not actually in the basement, but picture it with me. 30 minutes of good for Evergreen Park in the surrounding area. It's all brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. Your child's bright financial future starts with learning good money habits early on in life. That's why my kids all have accounts at the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. The Junior Savers account is a great one. Kids earn interest on every dollar they deposit. They get to watch their money grow. It shows your kids how fun and rewarding saving can be, and it sets them up for success down the line. To learn more, visit bankevergreenpark.com slash junior. No minimum deposit to open. Check out the First National Bank of Evergreen Park right there on the corner of 95th and Pulaski, member FDIC. Now, speaking of kids, and my kids, again, have those accounts over there at the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. Mine have me nervous, man. We go away for Labor Day weekend. I got all three kids sleeping in the same room. Night one, one of my kids loses their voice. Night two, the kid that's next in line, the next bed next to that one, comes down with like a terrible cough. Night three, the third kid in line, he loses his voice. I've got two mutes and a cougher in the house right now, and I always lose my voice when I catch something. These kids go back to school, and I'm telling you, they go into the Petri dish, they come back, and they give it to us, and it makes me nervous. I've got this big event going on on Wednesday, helping out Most Holy Redeemer with a fundraiser, their day of giving. We talked about that on a previous show. There's about three, four podcasts scheduled for this week that I still have to record. Saturday, I got the barbecue bash along 95th Street. I'm cooking ribs and trying to win. And I have four Oktoberfest that my podcasts are going to be at in the next month to month and a half. And two of them are right here in this area. They're back to back. One of them is the Evergreen Park Village Oktoberfest. The other one at Open Outcry. John Brand on this show today. We go back to the farmer's market as well. But first, sitting down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar, a friend of mine that, uh, have you ever been on the show before, Tina, or no? I don't think so, Chris. You haven't been down to the bar. I have not been down to the bar yet. It's My weird. first time. It's weird for me to say friend of mine and you've never been down to the bar, so I apologize for that. I know. Yeah. I'm going to blame Erica on that one, though, that I haven't been down here. So sorry, Erica, but good, I blame you. Good. Blame my <laughs> wife on that one. Uh, Tina Ward is down here. If you have a child that goes to Evergreen Park Community High School, uh, or if you have traversed the halls, you may know exactly who she is. If you're into the library scene, which from what I understand is a big scene, we have Frank Murray down here all the time from the Evergreen Park Public Library. You may know Tina as well because you're in charge of Evergreen Park High School's library. Is that the best way to describe that? That is correct. I've been there for 21 years now. How does that differ from a regular public library? Is there is it a different way of running it, or is it just more of I'm checking out books to students and I'm trying to find things that fit the trends for that age group and what matches the classroom? Like, what is the difference? That's a really good question. Um, I think one of the biggest differences is that first and foremost, we're teachers and librarians. So my job is really not just making sure my students have the right book for the right student, 
but also making sure that we are covering all their information literacy skills. So a lot of ref, like teaching research skills and um, citation skills and that type of stuff. So there's a lot of actually co-teaching as well with teachers to make sure I'm meeting their research requirements and information needs for a particular project. Okay. How's that sound? That sounds yeah, no, about that makes right. sense. I think you nailed it. That was solid. So the reason you're down here is you won an award, which uh, congratulations, one of only six school library programs to win the Association of Illinois School Library Educators Exemplary School Library Award. The plaque on the trophy must be huge because it's that's a lot be. of words. That's a lot of words for an award. I think it's going to be a huge banner and I can't <laughs> wait to see what it looks like. Let me tell you. How do you win this? So it is um, It is definitely a labor of love. It is an award that only comes out every three years. So this award will carry me for the next three years. Um, it is a very labor-intensive application process because they want to make sure that everything we're doing aligns with um, IELTS standards. Um, so they're the That Illinois- was the beginning of that. That was the association's yeah. acronym yes, there. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, those are the IELTS standards. IELTS standards. Um, and so you have to prove for each particular standard, and linking for learning is the other one too, that we are demonstrating that we're covering those. Do you have to like apply for it or do they search you out? No, you have to apply for it. Okay, so this is one you apply to do it. Yeah. And then they picked only six schools in the state to do it. Correct. So did you just get to a point where you saw this award was there and you're like, I'm going and getting this. Is that what it was? Kind of, but I've seen it. You know, like I said, it only, it only started in 2018. Um, and my superintendent, uh, Tom O'Malley, had, I think, amongst his superintendent group, something to that effect, saw that this award was coming through again and basically approached other winners and said, hey, we're interested. How can you help Tina achieve that? Interesting. So then you go through the process, you try to see whether or not. So did you have to make a ton of like changes to the library to get the award or were you already a winner per se? You just hadn't (laughs) applied for it. I like how you put that. Um, I would like to say that we already were doing all those things. It was just a neat way of putting it all together and be like, oh yeah, we do do this. We already cover that standard and here's how we do it. So I would have to say that not many changes were made. You know, that school, uh, it gets compliments on this show. It gets compliments from other educators. We had uh, several principals. We've had a superintendent on. We've had a lot of educators down here at the bar in the last month and a half to two months on the show as we were getting ready for school. It's interesting how the same topic comes up. You have some excellent private schools and a really, really great public school system. Excellent. I want to use the same word because they all basically are on the same level. That's what people are saying. These are all really on the same level. People have so many choices as to what they want to do. I mean, I know with my kids, like I know my daughter, like it didn't come down to the difference in between one school and the other school. Like there was something different about them. Like they one of them was better than the other one. It was just one of them didn't have any boys and she was sick of them. Like that's how, that's how I always explain it. Right. I mean, like when it gets down to that, choice, it means everybody's doing well, right? Right. I would completely agree. Do you see it as almost like a competition to you, like with the other suburban schools? Because because Evergreen Park High School seems to be right up at the top of the of the of the pile, at least in the area, and doing very well. So do you, is it almost like a friendly competition? Do you bump into the other librarians and tell them all about your award? Well that's a really good point. So I'm very fortunate that amongst the six of us that won, I can easily call four of us really close, um, maybe two that I just haven't met yet. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm very fortunate that we are very much a collaborative group and we have our own little South Side um, librarians meeting that we post ourselves every once, 
at least once a year. So amongst the group of winners, they're my friends already. That's awesome. So it's really cool that to share that with people I'm already collaborating with. Do the, do the library people all hang out together? Or is this like a... We like kind of do. It is just like a club? Yeah, it so is. So will you have a t-shirt made that says what your award is and wear it next time you see Frank Murray? Because I, I kind of <laughs> want you to rub it in his face. I think I may need to. However, <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to his credit, we are so lucky, Chris, because you've had Frank on here a lot. Um, what I think makes us so unique, Evergreen in general, is the fact that we collaborate all the time with Frank in the public library and Mary Black. I mean, a good chunk of the standards that I was showcasing was the collaboration I do with our public library. So we're really, really fortunate. You guys all work together. We do. And you know why? Because we are so unique in the fact that every single one of my students is an Evergreen Park resident. So therefore, Frank and I and Nikki Seidel prior to this, we always made sure we worked really hard over the last guy. I think it's been 15 years where my students on the back of their ID get a uh, public library card because we want to make sure I'm teaching when I talk about reference services or information literacy, we share our databases, we share our resources. So therefore, as a taxpayer, right, you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. Right. So we're not doubling up on stuff. Frank can order his databases. I can order mine, but I can teach all those skills. And I also bring in Mary Black to do it. So we are really lucky in the fact that our students get this wide breadth. And the students walk in with their ID and they already have their library cards so they can use all the different facilities. Yep, exactly. Right. That's a smart thing. I think that's awesome. Right from the get-go. So you keep, you've mentioned a few times reference materials. Yes. I, I, I want to tell you this story. I want to get your, your take on it. So my son just showed up for his first couple of weeks of high school and one of the things that I learned, and I don't know if every high school is doing it, maybe it just stuck out to me because the teacher explained it during parent night, but Rice runs all of their papers and assignments through a system that checks the internet to see whether or not a kid has plagiarized something, okay? You, no longer can you, like you could in the 1990s, grab a book that nobody even knew about and be like, ah, <laughs> oh, that seems like a good point. Just kind of like, you know, yeah. eh, no, no, you can't do that anymore. So is that something like... Is that something you're teaching your students? Like a, a, Is it something you have to focus on maybe even more now with the technology that's out there? Because you can tell whether or not they're actually getting the information and just copying it and pasting it, or if they actually uh, retain it and are just referencing it, right? Right. I mean, we definitely are teaching that more so in the program you're talking about. Yes, that we have that as well. I think every school has it. But I think it's more important now that librarians are teaching how to properly cite sources and how to properly search for sources. Right. Because the internet, right? What's our go-to? Google. Wikipedia. It's oh, all made don't. up. Chris, don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> You're hurting my ears. Do not say that word. I have a friend of mine. <laughs> I have a friend of mine who had a fake entry in Wikipedia that a song, a popular song from the 90s, was written about him. And he got that up there for almost 10 years before somebody took it down on the band's page. See, case yeah. in point. Yeah, and it wasn't true at all. <laughs> no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that is why your librarians are there to teach you how to properly look at your databases and those types of things. That's so awesome. I think that's so interesting that you pointed that out, like how um, the teachers are really 
cracking down on plagiarism and stuff. So. Yeah, they, they can notice it now. Yeah. I only got it because I'm, I'm sure at some point, at some point in my career, I just took the short road. You can't even get away with it anymore now. Can't How often do, you can't enter an encyclopedia, right? Yeah, you I know. know. Right. Okay, just yeah, An encyclopedia. You <laughs> might not even have the same version encyclopedia yeah. that I have. That's right. Now it's all out there on the internet. It's crazy. Okay, so uh, before I get you out of here, and again, congratulations on the award. Thank um, you. What are, what are the kids reading these days? The, the high school kids, what, what are they coming in and they, they want to check out? Is there something that they're they're into? Is there a series? Is there a type of book? Like, what are they what are they going for these days? I'm curious. You know, it's so interesting because I'm finding a new phenomenon. My new group this year is really into horror books. Really? Yeah. So I've got to get, I've got to beef that section up. But the series that they are um, truly into, it's called The Inheritance Games. This is a little plug because her third book comes out tomorrow. And it is a really cool mystery, um, problem-solving type book. And it's a trilogy. And I'm telling you, I can't keep it on the shelf. That and One of Us is Lying is also flying off the shelves. And Ellen Hopkins. Sounds like mysteries, suspense, Sense, and horror. Yeah, horror. Wow, that's what these kids are into. They really are. It's It always fascinates me how it changes. Would it have been very different a few years ago? I think a few years ago, even two years ago, maybe like the realistic fiction. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like they want to keep. Well, the world got scary over the last couple of years, so I think that that stuff doesn't work for them anymore. No, they need they need something a little bit harsher, obviously, to get their brains going. Well, that's frightening. I know. There's no romance. There's none of that, right? No. No. Now it's just the worst things ever is what they want to read about. Well, everybody be nervous. Everybody be nervous. (laughs) Uh, Tina Ward from Evergreen Park Community High School. Again, congratulations on the award. One of only six libraries. To pick it up, and I think I read in the press release that uh, you were you were screaming or something. For oh my god, I cried tears crying, of joy, crying I tears was of so joy. Excited. That's what it was. <laughs> yes, I, I, over a year's worth of work. Congratulations to you, Tia. Thank you so much, Chris, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Have you been injured at work? Then you need someone who will fight for the care and compensation you deserve. The insurance companies will look out for themselves and their bottom lines, not you. I'm Matthew Coleman, partner and head of the work injury department at the law offices of Parenti and Norm. My team and I have the experience, dedication, and proven results it takes to fight for your rights. Call or text me today at 312-641-5926 or visit us on the web at pninjurylaw.com. It is now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street, brought to you by Cool Clouds Vapor Shop. Quitting smoking is hard. Cool Clouds wants to offer you an alternative. They've been doing it for years here in the EP with the Full Taster Bar and the CBD products. See all they have to offer at coolcloudsvapor.com or stop in and say hi, 3837 West 95th Street. This Friday, September the 9th, a back-to-school ice cream social Fifth grade through high school, Evergreen Park Youth Department, 3.30 to 5 p.m., 3450 West 97th Street. I don't know what else I could say about that. Kids, ice cream, Friday, be there. The next day on Saturday, the MHR Men's Club Barbecue Bash, $20 in advance, $25 at the door, BYOB event, 21 and over. Come by and see me. I'm cooking ribs for the competition. You want to try what I have this year. Evergreen Park High School of Football, 2-0 after this past weekend. Congratulations to head coach Jerry Verdi. Conference play is about to start. He will be on this week and each and every week. We're going to release it probably on Thursday afternoons. Football Friday, getting you ready for the Friday night lights and cheering on your hometown team. 
on demand anywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. Look for it. On Thursday, September the 15th at 11 a.m., the Office of Citizen Services is having a baked ham luncheon with entertainment. It's only $10. Get your tickets at the community center. And OCS is also doing a one-day trip, Tuesday, September the 20th, Autumn at Royal Oak, a splendid autumn day at Royal Oak Farm Orchard near Harvard, Illinois. You get a tractor ride through the orchard, shop at the country market, Apple Barn and Bakery, have lunch at the Country Kitchen. It is $80 a person. Bus departs at 8.45 in the morning. Visit OCS and get your tickets. The Evergreen Park Farmers Market continues to be a great time each and every Thursday over at Yukich Field. Last week, we stopped by a few of the tents. This week, we're going to get a few more of them. There's so many really cool startup businesses like our good friends over at Sid Sauce. They got the hot sauces, many different kinds from many different foods. They're the only place I get my hot sauce from. Locally sourced peppers grown here in the EP. You can pick up a bottle or many bottles and get them delivered for free in Evergreen Park or a five-mile radius. Check them out at SidSauce.net. Meanwhile, off to the farmer's market. Let's see what they got there this week. All right, now I just found a place. This is another, uh, it looks like, new business. I just spoke with somebody who has a new business that they're doing, and they're they're making coffee. Erica, who's right across from you, and now I have I have Nyla here, and she's got Homegirls Hummus, which uh, I saw the name. I saw the, the picture. I saw the cartoon. I saw the marketing. I saw the hummus, and I was like, I, I can't walk past this place without stopping. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm good. Are you, uh, so is it just hummus? How do you get into making hummus well i'll tell you i had some hummus some years ago in milwaukee that was really good and so one day milwaukee is the capital of hummus obviously (laughs) so one night i'm home i'm craving hummus of course i wasn't there i was in chicago and i was like you know what let me try to make my own what i made was even better than what i tried and so i said to myself one day i'm gonna start myself a hummus company i'm gonna call it homegirls hummus because i'm everybody's friend and that's how the dream started back in like 2012 cut forward to 2016 I'm living in Los Angeles and I was like you know what now's the time started my company and it's been amazing like how many different types of hummuses right now so right now I have seven flavors that I rotate um, this hummus is designed to be a meal like you don't have to do anything else if you don't want to so they have great names so I have Prosperity, which is spinach jalapeno. It's green. It's my number one seller. I have Revolution, which is the black bean hummus, which is my number two seller. It's got a little kick to it as well. Really good. It has chipotle peppers in it. I have lemon basil for people who like more calm flavors, um, but still rich in flavor. That is the lemon basil, which is our refresh. Um, I have sun-dried tomato, which is called sacral. It's really good. I have um, enlightenment, which is our olive flavor. And then I have blissful, which is the beet flavor. The last one that I don't always have is the roasted garlic, which is called zen. So how does somebody, besides the farmer's market, find your hummus, Homegirls Hummus? Homegirls Hummus. Go to the Instagram page, Homegirls Hummus. Go to the Facebook page, Homegirls Hummus. Marketing, 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 branding, branding, branding. I am consistent. If you type in Homegirls Hummus, you're going to see my face, and I'll say what's up. You even have earrings with your logo on them. Absolutely, and I have a T-shirt. I have the earrings. I'm the black girl who's making the hummus, and it's some of the best hummus. And if you didn't know, the oldest known recipe for hummus was found in ancient Egypt. 
Not Milwaukee. Not Milwaukee. All right, so I'm standing here with David Wilson, and he's got another, this looks like another startup company. I mean, all these people at the farmer's market have these really interesting ideas. We've we've tried homemade hummus, and we've got a new uh, coffee place, and now I've got Little Squeeze. It says, life is better with a little squeeze, but it looks to me like the fanciest lemonade stand that I've ever seen. David, are you an adult who's got a lemonade stand? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> but I'm, uh, my sons are also part ownership in this business, okay. so this is their lemonade stand. So where does this come from, the idea of actually selling lemonade at a, at a, at a bigger uh, scale, is what I would say? Because you're not, you're not selling it in cups. You're selling them in, first of all, really interesting flavors, it looks like. I, I see fruit inside of these bottles. Yes, so the idea came from my wife in 2020. She wanted freshly squeezed orange juice for her, uh, like during the pandemic. So when she got the little hand squeezer that she had, she ended up, uh, we didn't have oranges, we had lemons. So she made this concoction that looked it crazy, but it tasted amazing. And I told her that she, had to, she needed to bottle it and sell it immediately. Um, so she took me on a word, she went ahead and did everything for the startup and within 30 days we was able to be at our first um pop-up shop and we started doing pop-up shops we was doing pop-up shops for probably about two years because uh, we started in 2020 so two years we we're doing small little pop-up shops and decided that we need to go a little bit further and uh we started doing farmers markets this year so what kind of flavors we got here because uh, like i said i'm looking at the bottles uh with the labels on the side of them it's all very professional but i i also see the fresh fruit floating inside of the bottle. So it looks like we have some combo drinks here. So what do we have? So everything is freshly squeezed lemonade, but we have we put the fruit in there for the flavoring. So we have strawberry, we have kiwi, we have blueberry, and we have blackberry here. We also have uh, just a total of nine flavors, uh, actually nine plus flavors uh, that we bring out. Which one am I gonna try here, Dave? You're gonna try, uh, it's called Dave's Fave. It's a strawberry lemonade. Oh, wow. Oh, now I understand. I'm getting it now, man. And you got the you got the actual strawberries in there at the top of it. So I'm I'm getting my fruit for today. Well, I'm having my lemonade. That is good. I mean, and you know what you expect like when somebody's like selling something, it's gonna be like over sugared because that's how you get people. But no, that's really solid. Thank you so much for letting me try this. Absolutely. Yeah, we have no preservatives in it. It's just lemon fresh lemon juice, water, and sugar with the fruit. If somebody wants to find you outside of the farmers market even though you're here every Thursday, I would assume, right? Yes, I am here every Thursday, but you can also go online to www.littlesqueezelemonade.com and you will be able to order online and we deliver as well. That's awesome, man. All right, very cool. A, a, a professional lemonade stand. And look what the pandemic gave people. Like some of these ideas that people came up with, I'm gonna start a lemonade stand. You're an adult, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting a lemonade stand. It's amazing, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Evergreen Park is very lucky because Hyatt Home Medical Equipment makes their home right here in the EP on 95th Street. Anything from diabetes control to bathroom aids to CPAP machines, and then you move on up to the specialized recliners and beds, chairlifts inside of the house, a ramp outside of the home to get you in and out. They work with your insurance to keep the cost down, and you can go and actually talk to a person in person. When you're talking about medical equipment for you or a loved one, 
That is some peace of mind right there. They're going to keep the cost down with the insurance, and they're going to give you a discount if you mention the EP podcast. Check out all they have to offer at hhme.com. Stay independent, stay in the home, and see them at 3518 West 95th Street in the EP today. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer. Let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over here. I love that pitcher of beer. I'm sitting here with John Brand, Open Outcry, 109th and Western. I want to set the scene, though, real quick for you. I, I don't know if you've ever checked out John online doing the social media especially the instagram where he takes these amazing pictures of his beers and his food and his employees and all that good stuff and i i got to see the magic get made today as he was laying on his stomach on the ground taking a picture of a beer and then he got up and he's like here have this and he just <laughs> it's like one of the and, it, and it's a delicious beer i want you to tell me about it how are you buddy i'm good man thank you how are you Good. It's nice to see the magic get made. I almost took a picture of you doing it just to say this is how he takes these incredible shots on Instagram. That you you really put some time into those things. It's a little worried when you started telling your story. It was getting a little provocative there for a second. <laughs> All right. So what am I drinking? Because I don't think I've ever had this before. This is this is interesting. I, I taste citrus in it. Yeah. It's okay. So this is our this is a new beer that uh, our head brewer just put out. It's called Citrium. It's delicious. It is a double dry hopped hazy IPA that features citra hops. Uh, I think maybe a lot of your viewers or a lot of your listeners might be familiar with citra hops. I don't know, but they're one of, becoming one of the most popular hop varietals used by brewers in the United States. And it just brings tons of citrus and floral uh, f- flavors and uh, aroma to the beer. And in this particular case, the way he used it in the double dry hop, I get a ton of pineapple. I get a ton of tangerine, um, and it's and it's a slightly sweeter beer too. Little, little uh, uh, the, the bitterness is dialed back a little bit, and this. But what this beer does is it showcases the citra hop, and I, I think it turned out really well. Well, here's the thing: when I hear double dry hop, I think to myself, this might have a little bite to it, right? But yours, this one right here doesn't have that and i think because of the citra hops and the way that he's brewed it it's a very smooth beer and it's a beer that i think like mrs lanuti is going to love this one this is one of those where she's going to sit down and be like can i get another one of those i I think that's right in her wheelhouse because you you've met her before she was never going to drink an ipa then she starts drinking things that are hoppy but they have to be smoother for her it's a super approachable ipa if you got if if you got a, a a guest in your party that isn't necessarily into ipas but would like to try something that is slightly bitter, but is very interesting in terms of all these different layers of citrus notes and pineapple and all these great flavors. It's a good beer to order. Just about anybody can drink this beer. All right, let's talk Oktoberfest because you were sitting there writing down the map here in front of me, and I think this is incredible. Open Outcry is having their first ever Oktoberfest party on October the 1st. It's perfect timing because, like in Germany, Oktoberfest actually stretches into the first couple days of October. I got a friend of mine over there. I'm planning on going to Germany next year for actual Oktoberfest. It's a plan that I'm already working on. This is my next big trip. But this year, I'm bouncing around to a bunch of Oktoberfest. I'm definitely coming to yours. We're going to be out there having a great time hanging out with people and you've got this thing all set up not only indoors outdoors but in the back parking lot with a tent german food break this down for me so we're going we're going big so of all the things that we've done here we've never we've never done an oktoberfest before we've never done a larger beer fest like this on the property Uh, hopefully it, it 
hopefully it, it gets big. I mean, we've, we've coordinated with um, law enforcement to make sure that we can use the back of the parking lot. We're bringing in tents. Uh, we're gonna have bands all day. We have some German, traditional German bands lined up. The kitchen is doing all traditional German cuisine, like uh, like Wiener Stitzels and German style pizzas, pretzels, the whole nine yards. We're gonna be buying Oktoberfest uh, inspired glassware. Uh, it's gonna be held mainly in the parking lot in the back and on the rooftop beer garden. We're gonna have bands on the deck at night. Uh, when the sun goes down, we're gonna uh, put railway gamblers up on the rooftop and they always draw a nice crowd. So. Uh, we're getting amped up for it. Uh, we're going to be brewing a lot of beer for it, too. We think we're going to go through a lot of beer. So Eric, our brewer, is planning on having an Oktoberfest on draft, our German-style Outcry Pills, and our German-style Hefeweizen. So those three beers, along with Speculator and some IPAs and other things, will be available as well. We're yeah. excited for it. Big German band doing the uh, Ziggy Zaggy, Ziggy Zaggy, Oi, Oi, Oi. I think that would be... That, that's my kind of Oktoberfest right there. That's right. They're opening. Uh, they're going to open the, the, the event. So... We're going to open up at 11 a.m. I think these guys are going on around 11, 30, 12. We're going to be handing out stuff. We're going to be hanging out with the crowd. I can't wait to be there. Saturday, October 1st, Oktoberfest Open Outcry. It's going to be a great time. You have another event, though, coming up before that. I've been to a couple of these. This is a new trend, uh, the, the Artisan Fest. Uh, people that are, have like you know these very interesting things small businesses we have a few of them that like are doing very localized like brand new businesses that you're seeing you're seeing them at farmers markets we've heard that here on the ep podcast you've got them where you're running into them at these festivals people got these ideas during the pandemic and now you're seeing festivals pop up at breweries and i think it's a great match and you're doing one coming up here on the 11th of september we have one coming up on september 11th we we were doing these before the pandemic we had our harvest fest every fall when we uh, since we had opened and they were very successful and that's exactly what it is it's a lot of folks that have a dream they want to make stuff with their hands and sell to the public and they use these festivals that are being held at breweries to sort of test the market and see if they can maybe grow a business out of their idea uh, there is a handful of organizers of these things in the city one is a gentleman named John Streets John Streets is known in the brewing industry because He's at breweries every weekend, and he organizes these things. He, he called us up last month and asked if he can hold one here, and we said, of course. September 11th, uh, I think it starts at 11 o'clock, goes from 11 to 5. He's having 19 or 20 different artists on our rooftop beer garden selling their stuff, um, beer, food, art that kind of stuff. It's going to be a good time. Uh, this is September 11th on Sunday. This is a good like pairing, I think, when I look at how craft breweries are a localized thing they're a small business and they're making everything from scratch and then you have these festivals with people who are also small businesses who have an idea who are crafting something and they're having these festivals here at open outcry do you, you kind of see that symmetry is that why these things happen yeah they dovetail nicely with with each other um and they're also a lot of these artists are also from the from the community and from the south side as well um but that artisanal feel, that people people with a dream, making things with their hands, wanting to grow a business out of it. It's the story of most small brewery owners as well. So I agree with you, yes. Awesome. Okay, Oktoberfest coming up on October the 1st at Open Outcry. Uh, we have this festival with the, the artisans, and you got these, these really talented people. They're going to be on the rooftop on September the 11th. You've got a full complement of beers here. Uh, You've got a bunch of them on tap right now. I'm moving from the beer that we talked about at the beginning of this to now I'm having this pills, the German pills that's going to be at Oktoberfest, one of the three on tap for that. Are you staying for lunch? 
if you want me to. I think you should. Chef got her hands on a case of fresh mahi-mahi. She's cooking those up today. I had one earlier today. It's fantastic. Go give that a shot. Every time I'm here, I drink well, I eat well, you got a party going on all the time. We have a good time here, all right? And I can't wait for Oktoberfest, okay? Prost, my friend. Yeah, prost to you. Thank you. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Launcher. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.